Hi, guys. I'm assuming no women listen to this. You're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. This is Neil Brennan, which I should have said at the top of this, but I didn't. P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, the very busy Michael Yo. Well, I think, I think radio gives you an advantage. Well, I see a lot of reporters interview people, and then you see me interview people. It's a different vibe. I mean, radio is more of a hang, and then reporters more, they interview people. You know, a lot of reporters, they interview, where we gotta just hang out and... Michael was kind enough to take some time out of his very, very busy schedule. Uh, it took us a couple of days to put this together, but he was very supportive and very interested in doing the interview with us, so it was a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, we have the uh, Song of the Week coming up at the end of the show, and that'll be from Rag and Bone Man. And uh, from the archives, uh, I was going to do a new dumb bit, but it's Christmas Day when this drops. Uh, what I was going to do was going to be kind of political and things like that. I figured, eh. Let's do a fun one from back in September, and uh, I really enjoyed this one, and I hope you will enjoy it, or enjoy it again, as well. So I'm a big fan of uh, BBC Radio 1's Scott Mills and uh, Greg James and all the great disc jockeys over there, but on the Scott Mills show, he has a game he calls Innuendo Bingo, and basically what it is is uh, his co-host Chris will sit across from a guest... Uh, they will put uh, water in their mouths and face each other, and then uh, Scott will play uh, these clips from the radio and TV that, as he says, sound rude, but really aren't. They just sound, you know, dirty, uh, but aren't. Well, like this. Uh, Chris Hutton, uh, who had his, the benefit of his Norwich team together through an international break, and he drilled them. He drilled them hard uh, until they could barely walk, I believe. <laughs> So you get the idea, and well, here's another one. Welcome back. Still to come, X Factor Gossip, plus we meet contestant Zoe Devlin. Also, uh, Phil Vickery uh, gets his pork out. <laughs> so there you have it. You get the idea. So I have uh, sent a couple of these to the show, and I don't know if they can't play them because they're from North America and they don't have the rights or whatever, but you're, you're supposed to email them the show and where you heard it, but I emailed the actual clips, and I have a couple here for you, and he introduces them before... Uh, you know, the, the, uh, they um, spit the water at each other. So I have a couple here for you. Um, the, uh, this first one came from the Mark Marin show, and I would introduce it by saying, uh, uh, Lena Dunham uh, knows the Mark Marin show can be a little bit edgy, but I don't think she was expecting this. By the way, I only just realized we're recording because you're so good at just, like, slipping right in. And so this next one is from uh, the NPR show On the Media. And uh, I, On the Media discusses a lot of things about the news and the media and politics, but um, I've never heard them discuss this before. You may even remember the weather when those stories broke. The sunny sky, the gentle breeze, the budding bushes. Brooke Gladstone talking about uh, shrubs in Korea. All right, so here's the uh, final one. My wife and I are watching Island Hunters over on HGTV. And that's where people go and look for island properties. And uh, you would be surprised what people get up to in Canada when they see a sauna on a property. After skinny dipping room. Beautiful. Stonework. Love the cedar smell. Isn't oh, it? Smells amazing. Hot lights. Yeah, all you need to do is stick in a big piece of wood, and that's when the party starts. No kidding. We laughed immediately when we heard that. And the best part of it isn't even really the big hard piece of wood, it's the dude uh, saying, No kidding. No kidding. So anyway, I've uh, sent those three clips uh, to the show. Uh, they're in London, and uh, I haven't heard back. 
No kidding. No, I really haven't, and I'm, I'm really not sure what to do, but I thought I would play them for you folks. Yeah, all you need to do is stick in a big piece of wood, and that's when the party starts. Well, no, I don't think I'll be doing that, thank you, but um, even though it sounds inviting, uh, I think we'll just move on to our interview. Michael Yo is a stand-up comedian, TV presenter, as they say in Britain, actor, uh, he just wears so many hats, and uh, we had the pleasure of speaking to him. I should warn you, though, that uh, I used some new software on this, and so it kind of sounds like he's talking to me through a public address system, but it was such a great chat, I decided to go ahead and just forego that and use it anyway. So it's kind of like I'm standing on first base, and he's up on a press box answering my questions. Uh, but here is our interview with Michael Yo. Hey, what's up? Looks like this is working. I had to download some new software to pull this off, but I also need it for my day job, so I kind of have oh, okay. to, well, that's to do this. Yeah. So do you mind if we use this audio on my podcast? No, let's do it. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, geez, you're kind of a jack of all trades, so I guess to, to start with, when you were growing up, did you have notions of being just in show business, being an actor? Being Not a at comedian? all. None? Nothing. Nothing. I just wanted to be a radio DJ. Oh, and, uh, there you go. Me. Yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to play in the NFL and be a radio DJ. And okay. uh, I, went, I started uh, radio in high school, and uh, it went really well, but then I had to go to college, play football. I went to the University of Arkansas. Oh, got nice. too many concussions. Ah. And, and that stopped that, so I went back to radio, and it kind of took off from there. Hmm. I did the same thing, but then I got tired of making minimum wage or nothing in radio, so... <laughs> I know, starting in radio back in the day was like three twenty-five an hour, and then you had to work like nine months for free to even get, like, yeah, yeah. To, well, to be able to work for the station. The first place I worked uh, was a station in Pittsburgh. It was in, in the suburbs. Uh, this guy had uh, come over to uh, – he just graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. His name is Bree Freeman, and he, mm-hmm. uh, he went over to the station, an AM station, daytime only. It was playing oldies, and he told the guy, he said, hey, look, I'll program the station for you. You just pay my car payment, and uh, I, I guarantee you we'll get you some listeners. And the oldies thing wasn't working. So he said, sure. And I had heard of it, and my friend said, hey, there's this new, new wave station out in Monroeville. You should go out and check it out. So I went out there and talked to him, and uh, he told me later that he hired me on the spot. He made me go through an audition just to make sure I knew how to run the board. And I was the only yeah. one he hired out of that weren't one of his college buddies. Unfortunately, none of us got paid. <laughs> yeah, got that's how it That's yeah, how it yeah. So, yeah, and then I couldn't find a paying gig. I tried to get the station in Columbus to hire me, and they wouldn't hire me. Oh, it was just a big mess. So Yeah, radio, radio is such a tough animal. And then, uh, basically, I had a pretty big radio show in Miami, and the guy, the president of E, um, Ted Harbour at the time, he was in town because his daughter was thinking about going to UM. They heard me interview somebody on the radio, and uh, casting came out. It just kind of fell perfectly, and he was like, I want that guy on TV, so with no TV experience. I have, like, the worst story for people, but with no TV experience, I got hired on television, so. Well, that happens in Britain a lot. A lot of the DJs there wind up being TV presenters, as they say. Uh, yeah, my favorite disc jockeys. I didn't. Th- I don't think I have any had any TV aspirations. But the fact that they're two of the number one disc jockeys on Radio One, they wind up hosting all these events, and they're, fortunately they're good at it. <laughs> so, well, I think I think radio gives you an advantage. Where I see a lot of reporters interview people, and then you see me interview people. It's a different vibe. I mean, radio is more of a hang, and then reporters more they interview people. You know, a lot of reporters they interview. Where we kind of just hang out and. It seems like it's effortlessly. 
effortless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there, this, the, back when I lived in Pittsburgh on the competing stations, the big AM station, one of the guys used to host a show there. They had a TV commercial for him, oddly. And uh, he would say that you know, radio is this intimate form of communication. And, and even though he was kind of a blowhard, he was exactly right. On yeah. That. Yeah. So, That's what I love about radio is that people can still call you crap. They can actually call you the line and let you know, yeah, I disagree with that. And that's what I love about it. Like on television, you know, I do television as well. If you can yell at the screen, but you won't ever hear it. I guess now they can reach out with Twitter and, well, yeah. and Instagram. But there's nothing like hearing a human voice uh, go back and forth with you on the radio about something. That's what I love. Okay, and are you still doing DJ work? I know you worked with, with the Kardashians a little bit, but you have a, a steady gig. I was working with the Kardashians. I, I, I'm starting to do a radio show in January on Sirius XM. Nice. Uh, it's going to be on Hits 1. I'll be doing an afternoon show on that. So it'll be like the Hub of Hollywood. We'll be uh, talking to actresses, actors, you know, uh, artists that come through. So it's going to be basically I'm trying to be uh, the half-black version of Ryan Seacrest, just not the same as it broke. So that, that's my angle. I got to tell you, I, you know, he he kind of did the reverse. He came from being a TV presenter uh, to being uh, a DJ, and uh, he's pretty good. The thing I like about his show is that it's on in every market around the country. Just yeah, about. absolutely. And, and the way that if you ever listen to it, it's so cool how they like he'll say, "Let's take a look at what, at the roads out there in Miami," and it's just flawless how it. Oh yeah, they got it down to science. He recorded that six months ago, and I think they have even I, – I, I swear they have it down to a thing where he'll say, the roads look pretty bad out there in Miami today. If, if there's a traffic jam, so they'll run that one instead. I'm pretty yeah, sure they've they, got they, – yeah, they, 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 they definitely have it down to the science. I mean, his whole team is brilliant. And actually, he was a radio DJ before he was ever on TV. Oh, was he? He was a radio DJ since he was like 18, 17 oh, years old. Oh, okay. Because when I heard yeah. him tell a story on TV, he talked about Merv Griffin finding him. Uh, and having him host a kids' game show. So maybe, I guess he must have been a DJ. No, he did. That was after radio. He was at Star in Atlanta. So, but, yeah, and then he came to L.A. I know it's because I'm I'm from radio. So, yeah, he started in Atlanta at Star, and then he kind of moved his way up to L.A., and then he hosted that kids' gladiator show. Right. You remember gladiator? Well, they had a kids' one, and he hosted that. That's right. That's what they, that's what they call a who over in Britain. (laughs) Yeah. Something that's kind of old, but is uh, not really that old. Um, so is, is, is radio still your favorite gig, or have you taken a shine to... Oh, absolutely. You know, radio to me, like, everybody always asks, how do you juggle all these different jobs? I find it pretty easy because they're all entertainment. It's not like I do all these and then I'm a doctor at night. You know what I mean? Like, something totally different. I, I, I compare it to, like, a chef at an American restaurant. Nobody says, oh, my God, you can cook a burger, and you can cook, uh, like, a, a piece of salmon, and you can do fries. You know, no, it's just cooking. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's all the same thing. It's just different products, but it's in the same world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So how did you uh, wind up going into stand-up? But that just was such a natural flow, or did you? you no, it was uh, it's opportunity. I'm uh, any opportunity I see, I'll try to go after. If if I if I think I can do well with it, basically I was on Chelsea lately. Uh, since the show started, I was on her third episode and stayed on all seven years. But after about the second year, I was just a correspondent. I would be like the voice that would defend the celebrities on her show because they wanted it balanced at the beginning. They wanted like three comedians to go after the celebrity, and I was the balanced person. I was like, well, you got to. So I would give the facts. 
of the celebrity, and that kind of painted me into this corner where, oh, he's a celebrity-ass kisser. You know what I mean? But no, but that was my job, and Chelsea would beat up on me, and that was my, that was our whole shit. I was like her little brother. She would beat up. So then after about two years of doing the show, I, you know, I'd fly to different places to interview celebrities. So I flew into different markets, and people were like, oh, where are you performing tonight? They just assumed, since I was on with comedians, I was a stand-up comedian. So I was like, uh, the Asian side of me was like, oh, business opportunity. So I was like, let me take this opportunity and actually try it. I tried it one time, fell in love with it, did super well. And I was like, well, let me try to, let's see what I can do with this. But I'm always in the clubs. I'm always working out. I'm always trying new material. So I fell in love with it. Like, I love it. It's so addictive. And uh, I guess you do a podcast with uh... – Joe Coy? Joe Coy? We, yeah, we used to do a podcast, and we just both got so busy. But, well, he has a podcast now called The Coy Pond, and I jump on his podcast a lot. But when we had our podcast together, it was so much fun. It was awesome. It's just, like, you know, he's blowing up and staying up, and, like, I'm, I got so many different projects I'm working on, so it was hard to find the time. But, I mean, he, that dude is my mentor in stand-up. It's him and Josh Wolf. Like, they really uh, – part of the show. Yeah, so two of the Chelsea people like you. They the ones that said you need to be doing stand up. You know, people. They like the biggest thing about stand up is people liking you when you're on stage, and they're like you're so likable, and you have an amazing story. Because I talk a lot about growing up and my yeah. parents and my life. I don't really. I tell everybody I don't really tell jokes. I just tell true life stories that are funny. You know. Yeah. So my my comedy is about me, my family. Uh, my new wife, the baby we're about to have, uh, all the celebrities I met, and my job. So it, it, it comes together pretty well. Cool. Do you know uh, April Richardson off of the Chelsea show? Who? April Richardson. No, I don't know. She was a panelist uh-huh. for a while. I mean, she's a she's a friend of the show, and I'm friendly with a. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I, I haven't. I never did a panel with her. Okay. Um, and the nice thing about Joe Coy, I have an outstanding uh, restaurant reservation at his place in Las Vegas for my wife and I. So. Oh, do you really? Have you been? Yeah, no, but he, I have his number in my notes on my phone to call him. And he said, dude, please call me when you come out here. I'm like, okay, will do. Yeah, man. I, for what I, I've never been, and I was one of his good friends. I'm actually about to see him in like 30 minutes because oh, uh, we, live, we live right down the street from each other. But uh, we do coffee all the time. We go to Coffee Bean and get this one coffee and just hang out and chill. But um, – yeah, I haven't been to the new restaurant, but I heard it's great. Yeah. I was going to say podcasting, too, the nice thing about it. It's also a nice uh, resting ground for all us former broadcasters that, uh, that got swallowed up by the industry. Yeah, I love podcasting. Of course, I'm getting back into radio, so I have to stop all podcasts, my podcast, because yeah. I'm just doing uh, radio. But, man, it's a, great, it's a great medium. You know what I mean? It's a great thing for our uh, – you know, and some of them blow up, man. I just wish I would have started seven years ago, like out of Corolla, to yeah. the forefront. You know, like he's killing it. Yeah. Well, the other nice thing, too, though, is even if you know, don't want to make – and I was telling this to, to Mark Maron. I don't know why I'm suddenly name-dropping with you, but um, is, it, is that um, you know, he, his, of course, is huge. And I was saying, well, the nice thing about this is that you know, even a guy like me could sit in his family room and, uh, and just talk in, into the microphone. And even if 100 people are saying that, that's fine. And he, he kind of thought I was feeling sorry for myself because oh, I don't feel that way, dude. I'm like, no, 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 this is good. This is a good thing. I don't, yeah. I just, it's something in you that has to come out, like stand-up or you know, acting or anything. So. This is no, I love it because, you know, no matter if you got a couple hundred or no matter if you got hundreds of thousands, whoever's listening to yours and they download it every week, that's your people. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what's so amazing. When I was on terrestrial radio, if I missed a week, a couple people would get upset. If you miss a week on your podcast, 
people get really mad. I remember the first yes. time me and Joe Coy missed a week. Like, I've never seen so many angry people. They're like, you're part of my day. I wake up, I download it on Wednesday, and I listen to it on work. Now I didn't have that. Like, they were really angry. I was like, wow, these people are really your people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're going to be uh, going to be doing the new show on Sirius. So will you be still touring as a stand-up, or will that kind of limit you? Yeah, to all of it. I'll be on CBS on the Insider as well, uh, shooting that, right. and then doing the uh, radio show in the afternoon, and then on Fridays and Saturdays I'll be at a different club across the country. Holy cow! Yeah. Yeah, that's busy. Hustling, then having a baby in March. I got I got to make that money, man. I got a baby coming. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So you said you talk about uh, you know relatable things like you know growing up and 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 things like that. Uh, and anything else? Do you kind of like you said you know you're a big follower of pop culture, of course. Do you kind of make fun of that stuff too, or do you kind of stay yeah? I do. I, I tell celebrities so like funny stories that have happened to me with celebrities. Like when I was with Katy Perry, she just farted in front of me, and it was a very awkward exchange <laughs> after that. You know, or Justin Timberlake giving me a shout out on stage, and I turn into a twelve year old girl and start screaming. Yeah. So I tell uh, these elaborate stories, these celebrity stories that really did happen. So, and I kind of poke fun at, um, at Hollywood in a fun way. I'm not a mean spirited person at all. So I, I usually fall the victim of the joke, you know, me freaking out or something like that. But it's a thing where I tell true life stories and, uh, it, it's been doing great. You know, we're working on a special, hopefully we'll shoot it in April or May. So, um, I, yeah, I got a big showcase in February where all the networks are coming in. So, yeah, man, I, I'm super stoked about it. Oh, things are really uh, rolling in the right direction then. Yeah, man, 2017 is going to be a big year. All right, we'll have to be uh, looking out for all this. So when you sit down with Joe Coy for coffee, you get get you to run stuff by him or you just kind of just, you know, shoot the breeze? You know, we're just buzz. We, we hardly talk about comedy. We talk about, like, real-life stuff. You know, so it's like he'll be asking. We we'll talk about my baby cover, we'll talk about that. I mean, but we just mess around. It's just two guys just goofing off, you know. That's right. Cause I think he has he has a kid as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah we'll it's talk a about little Joe. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, it, getting nervous about being a father, or you think you're in, in uh, I mean, you, you're, you're... Oh, I've been waiting for this all my life. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, cool. You know, I'm so excited. I'm not. I'm not nervous at all. It's more of, you know. You have a little life, and I look at my wife, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, you have a life inside your belly. I can't wait to – I don't know. It's just no nervousness. It's just excitement, man. It's been, you know, I've been waiting my whole life for the right girl. I found her, and she's, like, going to be an amazing mom. So I'm just excited to start this new journey. Well, cool. All right, man. Yeah. What, what's the, the, the thing you're looking forward to most about it? Just – just having a because it's a boy, so just having a son and oh yeah, you know, just just like my dad was amazing, like he was always there for me. My mom was always there for me, and just growing like I, I want him to be great. I want him to change the world, and I think now today more than ever, like my parents were learning how to be parents when they had me, and today there's so much information that you know, maybe too much information. But I just feel like, you know, and we're lucky where my wife doesn't have to work. She'll be at home. So I'm just excited about everything, about being a father, being a role model, and really, you know, getting to that point where your kid's like 20, 25, and you go, wow, I did a good job. You know what I mean? Just just seeing what kind of human you'll sculpt. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it's that's a, a thing that really you always you sit and wonder what they're going to be like. Well, we've got one now that's uh, nineteen and one that's twelve, and yeah. I look at each other all the time and say, "What well, we we made people and we made good people." 
Yeah, exactly, and that's what I want, you know, and hopefully this new, you know, the world is bad at sometimes, but hopefully you can make a person that can change it. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and if you, you know, you, you stick to your knitting, as they say, you know, do, the, do what you know is right, you know, I think you, you'll, you're going to be fine. Exactly. Well, terrific. Well, and when's the baby due? Uh, March. Okay. Beginning of March, so we're getting ready. Yeah, nice. All right, awesome. Okay, well, appreciate taking the time. Glad we finally got this put together with all the yeah, uh, no worries. Thank you. Goings on uh, back and forth here. Um, yeah, terrific. Well, this uh, the podcast will drop either this Sunday or next. The print piece will be in City Pages uh, the week you're there in Minneapolis, and uh, half awesome. third Minnesota. All right, dude. Good Sweet, talking. Man. To you. Oh, hey, can you add just yes. uh, if they want tickets just to go to michaelio.com? Oh, terrific. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely, and and, and that'll be cool. And uh, does that work for whenever you're in any city, or is that just for this for me? Yeah, michaelio.com, where if I'm okay. in any city. And also, if you want to just tag the bottom of my Instagram, at michaelio. I love okay, Instagram followers, so there you go. We will do that on the podcast as well. Super. All right. All right, thanks, Michael. Okay, bye-bye. All right, Again to Michael Yo for being on the show. You can catch Michael. Let's see here. Besides uh, being up there in Minnesota, January sixth and seventh, he's in Philadelphia the thirteenth and fourteenth at the Punchline, and or it says Punchlines. I, I don't know. If that's like a offshoot of the San Francisco Punchline, but in any case, he's there. And then the twenty seventh and twenty eighth, he's up in Edmonton at the Comic Strip. And uh, for any other Michael Yo information that you need, go to michaelyo.com. All right, so we're going to move on to the. Uh, Song of the week here. I'm uh, going to forego all the other. Oh, before we get to that, though, speaking of songs, uh, Fangirl and I are working on our top five for 2016. I've got my list uh, of about 12. I'm needing to narrow that down. She's working on hers. So we may do that as soon as next week or perhaps the week after. Uh, we will keep you posted. All right, Song of the Week. It's from Rag and Bone Man. Don't know a lot about Rag and Bone Man. I know this is getting a lot of play on alternative radio here in the United States. Uh, or is just starting to. I heard it on Radio 1, not surprisingly, and a uh, pretty nice tune. Uh, I think you dig it. Uh, this is Rag and Bone Man, Human, our song of the week, PF Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. And I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clear?